Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast. We are going to be on episode 24. And this episode, I think, is going to be kind of a real treat because we are interviewing Ansem Uo, is uh, what his name is on Discord. And he's been known, I, I believe, as Ansem and, you know, all the shards that he's uh, played on. And he is, you know, I would say one of the best, you know, PVPers that has played. And I'm going to qualify this with, I would say, the best all-around PVPers on different eras, different shards, that kind of deal. Um, because I think there's been a lot of, I'm not going to say one-trick ponies, but, you know, people that do very well on one specific era. That's fair. You know, it's, nothing's wrong with that. But it was really interesting to kind of pick his, you know, brain and understand this min-max lifestyle that really sets apart the rest. Um, because I don't know, you know, I, I, mean, I just experienced it today. It's really funny I'm doing this intro. I was... Um, I'm on Outlands, and this guy's name is Kill You, <laughs> all caps, right? And I was outside Demon Keep, and uh, I was like, all right, I mean, I'll go, you know, fight this guy. And I mean, I'm I'm dropped in, you know, about six seconds flat, you know. And I just was like, wow, I I like didn't even stand a chance. I got just completely smoked. And uh, someone was like, oh yeah, it's like one of the best uh, PVPers, you know, uh, on the shard. And I was like, okay, fair enough. But my point in telling you that is when you fight someone of that skill level. I mean, it's just like, it's a whole nother ball game. And, and I know you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. And hearing Ansem kind of his technical, I would say background, right? Behind his thought process, you know, how he approaches things. You can just tell it's different. There's just another level to this. And I think it, it was really cool because I've, had a very, very hard time getting PVPers to come on the podcast because this isn't just a, uh, you know, gloat session where it's like, okay, I'm the best. You all suck. Absolutely not. That that's not what, you know, this is about really. This is, this is really just talking about your PVP experience. What, what's the method, you know, the method behind the madness kind of, at least in my mind. So if you're listening to this and you're a PVPer, please reach out to me. I, I want to talk to you. Um, because I already know Ansem, you know, you can just kind of tell his demeanor. You know, he he definitely brings it, man. And I know this is going to cause a, probably a little bit of butthurt <laughs> for some people. But, uh, you know, I'll, I'll say this, you know, if you want to talk, let's do it. I've had a few people respectfully decline. No problem. Um, but in a 24-year-old wizard game right um there is something to be proved something to be said about you know some of the best pvpers we've seen in, in uo so please sit down literally just relax and listen to us go at it because this i think this went longer than when i talked to owen um it, it is a very long uh podcast which is it was awesome um and I also want to say we spoke a lot about Outlands just because it is 
the 500 pound gorilla right now. I mean, it's just flat out, right? It, it's, it's the top. Um, now I'll just say top for maybe population, whatever, right? That's why, um, we kind of, you know, tied some things into there. So I don't want to, I don't want it to seem like an Outlands promotion because it was, it didn't mean to be that way. Um, but that's just kind of naturally kind of what we, uh, you know, float on. Uh, just a few housekeeping things. Reminder, I do stream on Twitch. Um, I stream Ultima Online still, believe it or not. Um, so catch me on there. I'll link all the socials. And I also, coming up in a next uh, episode, I'm going to be talking to someone from the UO Renaissance server, which I'm pretty pumped about because I know nothing about the server. So um, I think that'll be a fun kind of sit down and uh, chat. So uh, thank you guys again for your support, and uh, we'll catch you all next time. Okay, guys, I am here with Ansem, and I am extremely excited to be with a top-tier, illustrious, worldwide-known um, person. So thank you, first of all, for joining me, Ansem. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me on. Um, I, I think it's funny that top tier is going to rub a lot of heads the wrong way. <laughs> uh, a lot of haters out there, but we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, in fact, if you want, we can just kind of start right off the cuff because uh, so when I first started playing UO and I, I guess we can go into like my history and stuff like that. But, you know, when I was a, like, it's yeah. like you always say, uh, we all started this as young kids and when the game came out and it was new and stuff. And when you're, when you're younger, you've got like that fast dexterity. Like the, the game I came into UO from was uh, Counter-Strike. And this sure. is back in the days when you had to have the Half-Life CD and that was like a four disc install. And then <laughs> yeah. Half-Life was, or uh, Counter-Strike was just a mod. So I played Counter-Strike in like the late 90s. And uh, the group I played with, um, and I'm, I'm a young kid at this time, you know, let's say like, uh, uh, just coming into my teenage years or whatever. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm old as shit. If you, if you can't tell, we so, all are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, and so, and they were playing this other game more and more and it was like taken away from counter-strike time. And I think we had like vent at the time or yeah. whatever voice communication was. I think that was the program. And uh, I would see them down in this UO channel and I, I would just go down there and be like, Hey, like, yeah, we got to play or we had a server. Um, I think it was located in Texas. Okay. And, uh, and I was in like the clan and I was like, real deep into that. We play, I play Counter-Strike all the time. And uh, I, I'd always go down there and they were playing that. And it, it's like, they weren't getting off. Like at first they would get off and come, and <laughs> yeah. come and play. And then, you know, eventually uh, they, they wouldn't get off anymore. So anyway, the point is, is uh, that's how I first got into UO. Um, and they were playing on uh, OSI Baja. And uh, so we played there a little bit. But that was pretty short-lived. I think that was right around the time that... Uh, I think it was like right after T2A and yeah. sort of in that like AOS era coming out and nobody wanted to play AOS. So um, that kind of, that kind of fizzled out or whatever. And uh, now have you ever played an, an like an RPG and MMO before this ever? Right. So yeah, no, I, I had played, um, I think final fantasy seven came okay. out the, like around that time. Maybe if I'm not mistaken, I can't, I can't remember, but sure. um, but that was the only other like RPG type game I played, which is of course completely different. This was right. my first MMO, and it was like I, I mean I was like pretty hooked too. But but <laughs> it was it was like uh, it was really about like the group I was playing with, and they didn't want to play AOS, so 
we like 86 that and I, I can't remember what we did after that for a period of time but we came back uh to uo gamers hybrid um when it opened up and i think that was around 2003 yeah absolutely right? yeah so we we shook we shook off the ring rust a little bit we got like a little house right outside of delusia and, uh, and, and we were doing that. And like, I was right back into it, right when we left off, we weren't doing the AOS stuff. And so we had played that um, for a couple of years. And I, I was like, still not that great at the game. Um, and, and the group I ran with, there was like a couple guys that were a little bit older and more experienced. Um, and I was just like, kind of the you know, like in that group, the guy that kind of tags along and right, really yeah. Do, yeah, yeah, he doesn't really do much, but he's like the meat shield. He takes the bullets. That was like kind of my role in that group. Okay. So, yeah. So yeah. So we played we played hybrid for a couple of years, and uh, during that time, uh, in the early days of hybrid, like let's say oh three oh four, I, I wasn't that great. And then um, we actually ended up going over to a shard called ABC UO. Have you ever heard of that? That sounds very familiar, but I know I didn't play it. But I remember. So you probably remember the uh, that's still around UO Gateway, right? Like mm-hmm. where it showed all the. Exactly. I think it, I think that, it was a scam, right? There. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> yeah. So I think they named it that because it appeared at the top of UO Gateway because it was oh, like alphabetically maybe. ordered, right? So I think, yeah. that, I think that's why they named it that. Anyway, so for whatever reason, uh, we went over to that shard. And that's when like UO, I started like mainlining UO as, as like a drug because um, that shard was no skill cap. And to this day, there's like not really a shard that is set up for like long term that's no skill cap. Like I think everybody's kind of like went on those shards that are like the one off sandbox type right. deals where you get GM all skills. But this wasn't like that. This was like you start off with a a naked character that has nothing and you work every skill from scratch. And that kind of makes for some dynamic gameplay. And it was also set in the uh, AOS era. So it was like mm, there was a lot okay. there was like a lot of components to, to that. So when you think about how complicated um, AOS PVP can be. Um, uh, people will disagree about that, but like in terms of, uh, I, I don't know, like the more popular shards, everybody. I mean, ec- uh, load explosion, drop EB, right? Or right. I, I guess if you, if you like five X, it's a little bit more complicated, but it's sort of like a cracked game. So the enticing thing for for ABC was like figuring out new strategies because you had all these skills. So like I think one day it was like you have all the hidden bonuses and skills. So then it's like, okay, well, if you get, you know, GM lumberjacking, you get that, that bonus there. But then if you have GM alchemy, you get that bonus there. And then it's like, you start, you start looking at weird shit. So (laughs) you like have all these, have all these characters, you have all these skills and and you're like, so you're doing the um, special attacks with the weapons and then you're also doing the mage stuff, but then you're also using Shiv and then you're also using necromancy. And then it's like, it's crazy. So then we started figuring out like, Okay, if you uh, since you have musicianship, uh, uh, discord, yeah, basically like all the barding stuff, like you can get max damage on a firehorn. But then there was like a bug in the run UO code where that would, <laughs> that would reset a weapon swing, so you could like spam something real quick in succession. So that was like really cool, and that's that's kind of um, where the main line hit for me. Oh yeah. Now, okay, so we we covered a lot of ground here. So yeah, on. On ABC, what was, I mean, I guess, you know, from your best memory, obviously we don't know true numbers. What was the population? Like, give us a feel for that. Yeah. Okay. So cool. So I I think when I came on, it was like 800 players was the average, like at at its peak. And that was the, that was, I think the best 
the shard did. And I, I don't know that there were, I think at the time, maybe the only AOS shards around that were popular besides that were uh, Defiance, I think was AOS. Yes. And, um, I, I can't remember. Didn't really, UO Gamers, was that the one? Was yeah, it Defiance? Right. Yeah. Okay. Right, right, right. That I think actually I can't remember 100 percent if that was if it was if that was gamers or something else. But there was like two. There was one that gamers put out, but that wasn't really popular for whatever reason. And then it was like a European shard. I think is the mm, one. Yeah. I think demise might have been the, the demise. Yes, demise. Yeah, that's yeah. that's your gamers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then defiance was kind of neat because they had like scripted kind of a bunch of weird stuff. Like they had a, a little flash video and you could like play Counter Strike in the game. It was weird. Really? Like, wow. Yeah, yeah. It was su- it was super weird. Anyway, so so kind of and that's where kind of like my evolution like took place. And actually it's like one of my grimier moments. Um I, I kind of split up with the group that I had been rolling with. Um because like I I was always that guy that was like hanging out in the back and not doing anything. Right. And when I got on ABC, there was like some some top tier, you know, I I guess PKs rolling around. And um, you could be read in town on that shard, and I would just roll up and, and just unload everything on. Them. I'm talking like precasting, um, you know, all <laughs> the all the cheapest stuff that you could think about. And, yeah. and of course, like they just dominate you every time. It was like no big deal. They knew the game. And uh, and finally, one day, one of the guys was like, "Hey, man, like you're doing this, and it's really annoying. And it would like you get a lot more respect if like you knew what you were doing." And, you know, yeah. I'm like a kid, I'm like, I'm like, fuck you. Like, I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm just going to do it again. Like whatever. And, and, but eventually like this guy took me under his wing and like explained to me some of like the finer mechanics of the game, timing, poison ticks, like, and, and really like uh, shout out to that guy. I, I totally forget his name. It was like uh, a weird mixture of characters and he played the shard for a while. He was a European guy too. Okay. But, but he helped me dial it in. And then, so right. after that, Yeah. After that, I I, I, uh, I I teamed up with like the number one PKer on the shard, this guy Anzeroth at the time, and this dude had like crazy items. He had like all the artifacts and all this other stuff, and uh, I had gotten into like his guild, and we did the gauntlet together in Doom, and he gave me like my first artifact, and he's like, "All right, like you got to change your name, like you're with me now, like all this stuff." Yeah, so, and I was like, I was like, "Hell yeah, like let's do this." <laughs> and and of course, my friends they didn't like that because they were like, "Dude, like." you're not a part of the thing anymore. And I was like, well, whatever you like, I'll smash any of you guys, you know, I'm, I'm a young kid. I don't care. And that was sort of like how that progressed. And I, I played that shard for probably like five years straight. And, and there was like some time off in between that. Um, have you ever heard of legacy 25? I feel like I've heard of legacy UO in some weird regard, but no, I've not heard of that. Yeah. So legacy 25 was like the, I forget what they call it. It's like the patch notes 25 or whatever that they came out with. So I played that shard with a, with a few other guys and we just like ran train on that shard. It was, and that was like your seven X basic skill template. And, but it was only up for a little bit. That was like one of the best shards I ever played. They had a really cool uh, little setup where it was like fell only. And then, but there was like none of like the AOS lands. So there wasn't right. like uh, there wasn't um, malice or, or, or any of those other territories. It was just uh like uh, champs not only dropped power schools, but they dropped artifacts too. So they were okay. like hev- heavily contested. And it, and of course, like it, it, you've done champ spawns, like when you go in there and everybody's fighting and there's mobs hitting everybody and it's chaos. Like that right. is, yeah. yeah that, and that was a really fun time. And then, so, and it, how much AOS experience do you have? 
So I, I didn't, I quit right around the time AOS, and this is OSI we're talking about. I quit that time because for me personally, and this is back, I'm almost certain it was Diablo 2 was out when AOS came. It was either Diablo 1 or 2. I don't remember. I'm pretty sure it was 2, but like it basically made UO into Diablo is what I felt at the time right. as a kid because it all the, the items and the stats. I'm like, what it? And I remember as a kid, it was just, it was really confusing. I really just couldn't get into it and, and I stopped and I never played um, like an AOS or above um, rule set ever. Yeah. Yeah. And I think most people, and, and don't worry for anybody listening, like I'm, it all comes back around to playing not AOS, but this is just how I got started. A yeah. lot, I know a lot of people have, have strong feelings about AOS and all the crap that comes with it. But uh, in general, like that's what really got me into the, the depths of, of the game because there was so much more there. I mean, when you think about UO, the way people play it today, like all the revival stuff, I guess we could call it classic UO, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, there's not much to it, right? Like you're going to get, you have a house full of chests with regs. Uh, you got your kegs and you got like your GM crafted leather armor. Like, right. There's nothing else. Like what else is there? You know, like you might right. be looking for vank weapons. Okay. And I know, I think that's the one thing um, I haven't played outlands personally, and I'll talk about that later, but um, I think that's one of the things they did right. And I have a lot of respect for them that they came up with all this new and interesting ways to keep players attracted. Right. Because if you look yeah. at UO, UO forever or even UO hybrid, like there's only so much there and it, it's fun. It's fun to have group fights and see who's better and stuff. But at the end of the day, like that, if there's no PVP, like there's nothing to do. Well, and I think this is something that I um, have kind of experienced and, and I try to give a, for everyone, you know, a very real perspective where, hey, I, I just played hybrid for months. I've played Outland. I'm playing Outlands now. Uh, you know, I'll play it for, you know, foreseeable future. I'm giving you real experiences. And for me, um, this is a recurring theme, whether it's now or, you know, hell, 15 years ago. It's people that really make this game magical. And you can definitely add content. You can spice it up, which... Uh, let's be honest, Outlands has brought a Blizzard-like polish to the Free Shard community that we've never seen before. And I know I'll catch flack for that. And I'm not even trying to be a fanboy. I'm just being honest. Like, it, the, the coding, the menus, it's clean, right? I mean, yeah. I really, I, I don't think you can take away from that. But, you know, you need people playing, whether it's PvP, PvM. And, for, and you, the world has to feel alive. Period. It has to. Yeah, 100%. And um, I will say, from what I've seen, just working in the field over the years, um, a, a lot of respect to Owen Luthius um, and even a lot, a lot of, I think he's gotten less hate over the years, but like Vorspire and yeah. all of his contributions to the um, Servio stuff, like those guys, I shout out to him, um, especially the folks running Outlands because they've done a tremendous job in, in sort of refreshing you, Owen. I really like what they... I saw what they did recently with the restricting to uh, the client to their client. Yeah. And like doing that, um, a job that uh, I was working on for a little while, I wasn't the main author on the project, but I was sort of looking at it was there was a guy who was working on an Ultima client, an Ultima online client in uh, JS and JavaScript. Okay. And I really liked that idea because one of the things that makes the game not fun 
is when like folks back in the day were using Salos with all the plugins. Remember that? Like they had all the, <laughs> Extreme UO. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They had all the, the sync stuff and there yeah. was like the, the hidden Razor client. Right. Um, and then and then even Steam uh, in the default settings started to get kind of whack because there was so much you could do with it, you know? And, and yeah. like, I, like I was telling you in DMs, like UO is a 20-year-old game played by programmers. Like, they, you know what I mean? Like they're going to find right. a way to, to automate the game. So I, I was looking for a way, like number one, um, to make the game more commercially uh, accessible, right? Because like that was the biggest problem I found in getting older. I, I'd been playing this game for like, you know, 10, 15 plus years. And it was like, I it's really tough to get somebody into the game because it's complicated. The learning curve. Oh, high. yeah. <laughs> and, and then you're like, OK, well, like the first thing that you got to do is go down with this official client and then you have to like extract. It's clunky. Yeah, assist program and put it all together and connect to some dude's server in his basement. It's like, yeah, it's 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 like not really a good process. So my thought was like, it, everybody's thought about like how can you revive UO and how can you get more players back to UO. And, and my right. thought at the time was to make it more accessible. Like, what if you could just go to, let's say, in the case of Outlands, like www.uooutlands.com, and then play right in the client. And not only do you have like an instant, like something that's as easy to access as say RuneScape, which has survived the years they still have a hundred thousand players online at any given yeah. time um and, and you have that ease of access there but like number two now you control the medium at which your your players connect so like if and and it's very easy to do um in in javascript and when you're controlling the client and server right like if, if they're yeah. sending something across it's much easier to detect it, it's obviously not impossible to cheat it but i i would say far less so than the way it's currently set up. And I think um, obviously Outlands has found. Well, uh, and, and I think you'll respect this in, in a, you know, in a professional sense, but the less variables you have, right. right. The right. easier exactly. it is to not only control, but to make sure there's, there's polish to make sure the experience, like, you know, to give you an example, like my son, right. When we went to play other shards, right. It was like, I had I couldn't even, first of all, explain it to him right. because even as someone who's, well, I feel I'm, I'm technically, you know, able to do most things that <laughs> I feel are a little advanced sometimes, but I'm like, I, I had a hard time configuring it. And then like, right. do, what am I, which razor version or what I'm like, dude, this is crazy. And then with Outlands, it was like, for my son, it was almost like playing, you know, any other, oh, okay. It's just a launcher. Click play, create an account. Yeah. Boom. That's it. Exactly. I was and like, that were, makes sense. And they, to my knowledge, were the first shard to really do that. I think there was yes. another, like, Will Forever had a launcher, but it was like, you still had, uh, like, through the launcher, I think you still had to download the client and download the assist program and kind yeah. of set that up. And it, it, it also didn't age well, UO, because as, like, 2 and 4K monitors came out, I know, like, I, I laugh about this when you were talking about it with Glut, because there's still, like, dudes that are on like their Pentium 2 computers <laughs> with like their CRT monitors, you know, playing yeah. well, like on the same keyboard they've been, they've been right. putting Cheeto crumbs on for like 30 <laughs> years or whatever. But, um, but that like, it, it's not a trivial setup, you know? So, right. so, so kudos to them for, for solving that problem. Cause I was working on that, uh, that web client for a little bit, trying to get that, that rolling with the idea that I, I would either start something or, or sell it to somebody um, to have that level of control. And I thought that, it, it, it might be easier, but then, you know, Outlands kind of came out and I saw that they were sort of implementing a lot of those things. And I was like, okay, like, you know, they've got it. And I, I don't have the time for this shit anyway. So, well, and two, I mean, what, and I think hopefully people are discovering via this podcast, via 
you know, shard owners, other people that, I mean, like it or not, and, and by the way, I'm very okay with the statement, you know, it is a business. And mm -hmm. if it's not run like a well-oiled machine, and in a business sense, if you're trying to run it like your friend's UO server that's at Rackspace that you, you guys are just creating items for yourself in a back corner, right? That doesn't fly anymore. You know exactly right. what I'm talking about. You know? <laughs> I have a funny story about that that we can cover that we can cover later. Yeah, but but yeah, it, you're you're right. And again, man, um, I, without without staying on these guys nuts too long, uh, super kudos to them for for bringing what I what I've seen anyway. I haven't played, but I have I, I still follow it and I, yeah. I still stay on top of it. And they, that guy, that one guy, he puts out those videos like every week. Um, so you get to kind of see it through his perspective, your stream. There's people out there that are playing the shard. And I, I think all UO players kind of lurk and see what's going on in, oh, the, yeah. in the community at the time. And even me, I kind of follow and know what's going on through this podcast, actually. so Well, and I'm going to do a shameless plug because that is Pwnstar Gaming. And mm. out of, I will say, because there, there's not really a lot of us content creators for UO, but out of the small community Honestar and I have actually established quite a good friendship on just collaborating, talking about it, and and I think and we almost talked about this before we hit record, but the act of putting out content, you know, it, it's a pain in the ass. Mm -hmm. And I know I sound like a broken record, but it's important for people to understand that ten minute video that you see him produce was like eight hours of painstaking work. <laughs> You know, yeah, probably a lot, probably a lot more than that. For right. Sure. I mean, especially like I've seen his stuff. And um, as you've seen, if you Google like or YouTube and some UO, yeah, uh, some videos that are floating around there. But um, and of, of course, his are way higher fidelity than mine are. So just if like uh, translating the time that I put into mine and seeing the, the quality of stuff that he's putting out and is it's night and day. So it's definitely I, I would say probably more than eight hours for. Yeah. To get oh, sure. Easy, but yeah. But yeah. Okay, and I too. want. Yeah. So. Okay, so I want to circle back to two questions that I forgot because we yep. we came in hot and heavy at the beginning. Yep. I need you to break down what is like. Where did you get your name? Like, what is mm -hmm. that? Yeah. So um, my my name comes from uh, like the the pre Kingdom Hearts lore, and actually the guy that I was telling you about that gave me that first artifact in Doom. Yeah. Um, uh, Anzeroth, his name was a combination of um, Ansem from Kingdom Hearts and Sephiroth from Final Fantasy VII, sort of those two oh. games I talked about. And then so I just took the the, the latter because I really liked that game. It was actually like a, a really well done game at the time. And, and sort of Ultima got me into these other RPGs and I had played that one all the way through. And, right. Uh, and sort of that's where the name came from initially. So cool. Uh, okay. It, yeah. And um, if you want to ask the other question, that's cool. If not, I, I have I, I, I do want to circle back to that story eventually. Yes. I'm going to touch on that. We can get to that. I want to also because I know we've covered kind of OSI free shards, AOS sure. free shard from me because I because it sounds like and I think people are going to pull this from from talking to you. You definitely have more of a technical side, right, on the back end. What, you know, to you, what does a sandbox mean? Or like what, if someone said to you, hey, you're about to log into a sandbox, like what would you expect? Yeah, I, so I think I've been tainted over the years with that term. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and not just in gaming, but like because everybody has a different idea of, of what that means, number one. And then like number two, in, in software development, I think most developers have like, a sandbox that they use where it might 
source production data sources, but you don't actually change anything until you, you commit the code. So right. um, that's the way I think of sandbox nowadays. But when I think of a sandbox game, um, I do think of something where you're kind of like set in a world and, and sort of free to do as you wish. And the other game, I don't know if you've ever played this, that sort of replicated this as like UO was a game called Darkfall. Have you heard of it? Have you played oh, it? Oh, man. Yeah, I you know I try to get into it and man, I just like so I'll say this too. There is very much a min max lifestyle that certain people will yeah. live. And Darkfall, this is my novice you know opinion, required a very max type you know right. personality and technical depth to be able to be successful. And I just man, I never could get into it. Yeah. Well, you're 100% right about that. But like, if you think about the thing is, is like UO is like that too. We don't think about it like that because we played for years when we were kids and had all the time in the world. Right. Um, but so, so yeah, I never got like that great at Darkfall, but I enjoyed the game. But it's the same thing. Like you were dropped in this world with no direction and then you kind of just had to like walk around and figure it out. And if you <laughs> And hit a hit a hit a rock like you gain point zero zero one mining skill, you know. And, and like if you had to like shoot other animals or, or players. So the cool thing about that game is it was all like FPS based, right? So where, whereas in like UO, you have like click based spells and they hit every time. I mean, uh, pending like you know the variation and magic resistance stuff. But in that game, like you had to like aim and hit shit. So it was cool. I I played that a few years ago, but and and um, didn't that like fizzle out because like the developers had a whole bunch of drama yeah, or something, so, right? Yeah, exactly. So there was a bunch with like the initial game that happened, and it went it went like it died. It went it went off or whatever, and then it ended up coming back just a few years ago. Um, some folks that were like pretty invested in the game, sort of like UO, they yeah. uh, they they brought it back up, and and I think it had like a bunch of players on it for a while, and then same thing, it it fizzled out. And the main thing is. It, like the reason is because what you're saying, it's like you have these these players or like groups of players that are like experts at the game, know everything about it, know how to like farm the most efficiently, like get the best shit. Right. And then they just run around and, and just roll everybody. And like no one has a good time because they can't even get the basics to fight back or whatever. And then, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, and then people aren't interested. And that's sort of like what happens in UO if you think about it. That's, I mean, that's yeah. what happens on every every shard i've ever played on is you've got you've got groups of, of folks that are really good that like elite players they all play together and they just roll everybody so um one thing i appreciate actually about like um a play style i learned from a guy called uh Flub, actually uh Flub falcon he still runs around um uof maybe i don't know if he still plays but that guy he's yeah. a he's a great he's a great player but we ran a guild called power on uo forever um between like let's say 2014 to like 2016 or something like that like two years and even though we had like six good players he would always like roll roll solo and he taught me he's like dude like no we don't we don't always have to like do group fights like you roll solo you pk like yeah that yeah, that's the business and and you get a lot more respect about for it and i i think i think that we did because uh you know we would we would roll solo on purpose and the only time like we'd call somebody in is if it was you know you saw like a a group of folks that knew what they were doing and showed up right like, experienced want, want, yeah yeah like wanted a wanted a legit fight like if you're just out there like merc and tamers and like miners and shit like we actually like left the miners alone but for most people out there like farming gear and stuff like that like tamers pretty much right yeah like, if you're out there killing tamers you just like you dunk them and if, if like if they call in a friend like 
too bad. Or like, if you get dunked, like you're, you're bad. And that was like, so I kind of learned that play style from him. So to go back, because that kind of comes later to finish up the ABC thing. That's when oh, yeah. like, I really, I really got good. And, uh, and the, the population of that shard slowly declined over a few years. So like went from like, like I said, like 800 to maybe, you know, 600 and then 500 and then sort of like leveled off around 300 players, which is like still pretty good. You know, you still yeah. go places and see and see people and stuff. And uh, at that time I was just like, so what I really enjoyed about that is instead of like switching characters, like, oh, this is my stun, stun Alki or, oh, this is my, you know, heal mage or whatever. It was like, you had your one character sort of like, not even World of Warcraft, right? Because in World of Warcraft, you got to have like your druid and your bar or your power. Right, it's different classes. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. So you were like one character. So sort of like reputation was a big factor because like they saw the name, they knew who you were, they knew what your capabilities were. Versus like uh, I was just listening to your podcast the other day where you were talking about rolling into um, on Outlands where you're like oh, I didn't see the same person twice and I kind yes. of knew who this guy was and stuff. Right. But no, like on, on that shard. Like you, you ran into people, you knew who they were like you. And that was a cool feeling because we all have felt that thing where you see like a name come in and like, you know what that guy can do. And you're like, oh shit. And, and you kind of get that heart beating faster. So right. I, I think I put the fear into a lot of people like for for many, many years over people. Because I was like, I, I mean, I was dunking people like, you know, two, three, four at a time. There was a, there was a time, there was this, uh, south american guild on there from chile they were called like the chilenos and they all had like <laughs> yeah. yeah they all had like 300 to 600 ping but they rolled like pretty deep for that show it was like seven or eight of them and like one time man we were in like the ilshnar blood dungeon and i just like dunked like eight of these guys just like uh taking them around corners and like <laughs> and doing like all sorts of crazy shit it was like one of the best days ever and uh yeah so so grew a reputation there and that that and they ended up having like PVP tournaments like pretty often they had leaderboards. I'm like 99% sure you can still log into that server to this day, right? Like if you have a razor yeah. client, put in the, the thing, like they have event gates there. You can walk over to the arena and I haven't logged into that shard obviously in like, let's say 13 years. And I, I think like I'm still <laughs> number two on the leaderboard and wins. Like that's how often I played. I'm like, you know, 13 years old at the time. And I'm just right. like, and then, and then like 13, 14, 15, 16, I'm talking like, I was like leaving my first job early to go play. Like, <laughs> I had like yeah. a girlfriend at the time. I was like, I was like limiting my time with her to like be at it. You know, like that was honestly like a big part of my life, man. I was like, you know, I was like, it was like go to school the, during the day and then like play UO all the other hours of the day. Sure. Oh, I mean, and it's funny, you know, now we're older, you know, <laughs> some, some of us, you know, perhaps are more mature. I don't know, but you know, you have a family now and it's like you're, 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 you're glamoring for the same life you had before and right. you're trying to fit in UO. And it's interesting now that we've all aged, you know, whether we like it or not, we have aged. And what I've realized playing different shards, different experiences is the hardcore grief simulator. <laughs> I just, you know, I don't know. Like, I imagine if I was a new person, right, coming in and Outlands didn't, let's say, have the harsh restrictions it does, how successful would it really be, right? Because yeah. it's the first shard where, like, there, so I'm going to give you an example. We're talking about age. There is a um, a, a kid, and he, I think he's 13. I don't know. Um, and this guy, this kid's actually a really good mage. And I actually started talking to him. 
And he's like, yeah, he's like, I've never played UO. Outlands is my first like time ever playing. And I was like, wow, you know, but that's like the only person I know that's an actual kid that, yeah. you know, that, that plays and is, you know, semi-serious in PVP. But other than that, man, it's just like, it's all of us reliving our childhood, I feel like. Yeah, a hundred percent. And it's funny that you mentioned the getting older, the younger kid and getting older part. And like, this kid's good because that kind of rolls into the next thing I was going to talk about. So like, uh, I don't know if you, if you know anything about like biomechanics in general, but if you notice like uh, as, as esports and stuff became more competitive, like the top tier players are always like 15, 16, and then like yeah. it caps out like 19, 20 years old. And after that, there's sort of like a, a, yeah. a decline. Yeah. 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 So and I noticed that like even younger, I knew, I, I realized that like I was getting worse as I got older too. So one of the main things like I worked to do was like develop this persona, right? And you do it mm-hmm. like to, to sort of win the fight before you actually have to fight. And and so I I, I talked a lot of shit, you know, I, right. I, I wish I, I could do it more, but like in games today, you can't. So like when I first started playing um league of legends for example like i would just go off at the i right as i got in the game like when i was in the lobby i was like okay you're mid i'm mid i'm like i'm like i'm gonna dunk you like your shit like yeah. you shouldn't be in the game and then like you kill somebody like easy right and then they come back and res you like easy and then you get you know the jungler to camp and then like that taints the odds in your favor so i did that in uo all the time i would like tell kids their shit i'd be like you're fucking you know you're you're, you're garbage like all this right. shit and like i'm not i don't get too much into like the the st- stuff that I consider like super bad, like the racial slurs and shit like right. that. I'm not, I'm not with all that, but like, I'll tell kids like they're fucking, they're, they're garbage or the worst of the game. Like they're fucking, you know, I'll, and I've taken it too far. Everybody's taken it a, a too far when they get sure. too serious about a game. But, but like a lot of my success and I think like uh, quote unquote reputation came from that because like I would talk demo shit about anybody. And then like, that's what you do though. Is like you make the stakes higher for them you know, and then so like they're playing differently than they normally would. Yeah. Know? Oh, well, so, I, I think a lot of it is is a mental aspect too. like, you know, I'll just tell you, for instance, like, you know, when I stream, it's like next level, right? Ooh, I want to stream snipe him or I want to kill him on stream to see it. It, it, it like it's crazy because I just I stream I've been streaming maybe six months. So it's a very new experience. And it's like UO like under a freaking microscope and like, mm-hmm. you know, like a game like League of Legends or Dota, whatever, right? If you stream that, okay, the chances of someone being in the same lobby as you is like, you know, slim to none, right? right. <laughs> Highly doubt you're going to grief like that. But in UO, as you know, you right. can really make someone's day bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, I, I streamed towards the end, but of course, like the, during the time I was playing ABC UO, and then later, um, I sort of started streaming like when I got into UO forever. So after ABC and like what I would consider to be like the complete and total domination of that shard, like nobody has ever played that shard that doesn't know who I am. Yeah. Uh, and then went over to UO forever. Uh, a couple other shards in between, but but they're not that important. Um, I think just like I was saying, Legacy Twenty Five, UO Eclipse, um, a couple of other ones, but nothing nothing like that. Nothing where I built like uh, I would say like a UO career, quote unquote, right. or like. A community or whatever so went over to forever um in 2014 and sort of got back to that um uor i guess you call it experience uh just not aos or whatever and then sort of got got a little bit more serious there so like 
and I took a hiatus um, pretty much from like uh, 2007 to th- 2014. I didn't play at all. So when I was coming okay. back, and, and you know how a UO is, it's like a small community. So like some people remember you, but if you weren't, if you didn't cross paths or you went on the same shard, like not everybody's going to know you like that. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you know, oh, you know yeah. all the big names on, on Outlands or Hybrid or whatever, right. people that have, that have been there forever. Um, but yeah, so I came back to UO forever and met up with uh, with Falcon, um, the Aussies and a few other guys in power. And, and we sort of did our thing on there for a while. I think, uh, I, I haven't checked in a couple of years, but I think like they're still, they used to put statues at the docks after like the tournaments for people that won. And okay. so I think we had like, we had a bunch of them up there. I, I think I think I just checked like a year ago and like we're still there. So they kept that shit up. But like we won we won all like the two V twos. Um I, I never really won. I won like a couple one V ones, mostly because like I wasn't that great. I wasn't as good, I would say, as some of the other like big names that were five Xers. Uh Falcon himself, uh Azria, if you never heard of him, he was a pretty good five Xer Marley. Yeah. Yeah, you know, these guys were all were all a little bit better. And the main the other main thing too was like uh, a ping um, at the time I was I lived on the west coast and all the servers were on the east coast. Oh yeah, um, yeah, they, yeah. They were in Texas for a while, but I think as like the game went on, everything moved to the east coast because like for some reason Ultima Online is like an east coast game. Like all these kids from the east coast play. I don't know what the, what the <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. I, have you noticed that? Like, doesn't it seem like that? I mean, I well, <laughs> truth be told, I only know well. I mean, my circle, I guess, is perhaps pretty small, but. Like one guy I play with, he is from the West Coast, and it's just like a time zone. It's such a massive like hassle, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it was yeah, and it, so it was for me too. So like, and that's that's a big thing in five X because you've got like poison ticks and timing, and you, you're trying to. Oh yeah. So like, the Australian guys that we played with were like complete savages on the field. Like, were some of the best I've ever seen. But like, I, I couldn't. I would live in a like for two seconds in a duel with even the most novice of players because of the latency difference. So right. anyway, yeah. So we, we came, we came to forever and, and ran that for a little while. And then um, after forever, I, I went back to AOS in uh, the shard called Pestilent um, and played there for a couple of years. I've heard and of then, that. Okay. Yeah. 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 So that was the most recent one I think that I played. And, uh, and, and so there was actually two. So like there was Pestilent for a year or two and then it went down and it rebooted. And then I, I kind of played it semi-serious. And then um, I, I sort of like, have have kind of been done since then and the main reason of course is because you get busy like you said with uh, yeah. like working working family and stuff and like it is like starting to affect me a little bit so sort of like the same thing that i was doing to people all those years like like trolling them real bad and getting them all in their feelings about the game to make them play worse or to like commit mistakes um yeah it, you know sort of coming back on me and i was like and, and it was like kind of ruining my day and like pissing you off and there's nothing like that feeling and you know what i'm talking about dude when you're like when when you like walk away from the computer and like you're pissed for the rest of the day, you're like, dude, this, this is a game. You know what I mean? Like this is. Not oh, there's still like guys in Outlands where like I see them on screen and I just can't kill them, and I get so frustrated. And I'm like, yeah, you get you get so raged that you just want to go, okay, man, you try to kill this guy because he's unkillable. And then you watch him drop him in like you know two sinks, and you're like, well, what the hell was that? You got lucky, bro. You know, you you start rationalizing why you made a mistake or, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I've I've kind of felt like I've always been that guy, but then, but then like I would always extend it outside of the game. So like to, to like goad people, because like as the community, you know, fell and, and populations fell and stuff, it was like harder to find fights. Like you were talking about, 
um, on, on maybe like hybrid today or something like that. So you're like trying to get a fight, but so you're like, you're like picking out other top players or whatever. And, and I'm sure you've seen like the discord PVP and stuff. I don't know how heavily they moderated on some shards or not, but you're like, you got one, you got two guys that like hate each other's guts and they're just trying right. to like go to each other or, or their groups into a fight. Like you beat me. No, you didn't like blah, blah, blah. And so that like became all consuming, right? Because that's like a, uh, all day thing, right? Even if like you're at work or doing whatever, you're like on discord, you're like, fuck you. They're like, fuck yeah. you, like all this stuff. And, and like that, that was kind of just like getting a little bit too much. And I, I had to kind of be like, all right, this is, this is like not healthy for. Oh yeah. It, 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 I think there's a residual effect over time mm-hmm. that if you're not careful, it, it can invade, you know, your life for sure. And I think, Totally. And, and I well, and I'll just say this, you know, given COVID and all the other just crap that's going on, a lot of people have sunk, I mean, probably outrageous hours in whatever shard they're playing, yeah. I'm sure. Sure. Um, but okay, so we kind of talked about, because, and, and I, sh- I probably should have mentioned at the beginning, but for everyone sure. listening too, that it has been a very hard time to get a bigger pvp to talk to um not many want to talk to me um so it, it was very difficult trying to find and it's funny you mentioned um i think flube right is, is yeah. who you mentioned earlier i yeah, was he's he's on my short list of people that i haven't even uh you know messaged him yet or anything but um one of one of the people i, I i'm you know pretty good friends with i, I enjoy him He's a huge PVPer. Uh, I think probably the top five time, you know, PVPer. But he's like, no, I won't. I won't talk to you. But he's like, you know, here's a short list of people that you know may. Because he's like, I'm real humble. I don't want to, you know, come on there. I'm like, I, no problem. But it's tough for content because in my mind, as these servers have become humongous silos, right? We've mm-hmm. kind of lost the fact that at the core of it, we're all UO players and. You know, to me, the PvP is the reason I play. I mean, yep. I, I'll, I'll like, I remember test center days in OSI, dude. I'll, I'll set my skills. I will run out. I will PvP for eight hours on end and be the happiest guy in the world. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I'm not super surprised that 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 PKers in general don't want to come on. I mean. Like, it's a weird thing to say, like, oh, I was so good and I killed all these people in this fucking 20-year-old wizard game, you know? Like, <laughs> nobody, nobody, nobody cares. It, even right. though, like, we all had this shared experience and stuff, like, I'm sure that people will hit me up after this, like, you know, you're you're a loser for going on there and, and talking about how good you were and this and that. But, yeah, Floob, um, if you get a chance to talk to him and he, he wants to talk to you, I, I think that'd be awesome. He's a great guy. He actually just hit me up pretty recently around the time that we were hashing out dates for this Okay, uh, about, about going. Actually, I've never met up with anybody uh, from UO. I don't think yeah. in, in real life, but he wanted to meet up with uh, pop tart, uh, Muya, Mamba, a couple other guys from, yeah. from the, old, from the old days. So I think we might do that. I, I gave him my number and I was like, yeah, dude, like uh, I think we're all going to go to Vegas or something like that. So well, cause I, that, it's yeah. a, it's a different, and I'll just say that, and you and you can maybe expand on it, but like I will call myself a very amateur uh, type of PvPer. Um, I I definitely have gotten better, but like I'm totally a field guy. I'm not a five times or a seven times in a, a dual pit. I'm gonna get smoked, no no doubt. But 
the but, field is where like I absolutely love it because of the I don't know what's coming. Am I right. gonna turn the corner and there's fifty guys with the e boat loaded in it, or is there a th- like? It's yeah. a very it's a different mindset, man. So maybe you uh, can right. kind of go into like what is your mindset like when you're out, let's say PKing or PVPing. Like just walk us kind of through that. Yeah. So all your yeah you hit it you hit the nail right on the head. All your best stories are gonna come from when you're in the field because when you're in a duel or a, or a pvp event or something like it's sort of like poker in that it's a cracked game like everybody knows what the proper skills allocation is what the best stat allocation is and what spells to use and timing so there's some like rng aspects and it's sort of like chess in that yeah you're waiting for your opponent to make a mistake but but like everybody like if you think about your funnest times on uo pvp and or pk and they all come from in the field you know um, I recalled in and this guild was doing a champ spawn or I recalled in and all these guys were trying to kill, uh, you know, X monster. Or they were farming this, or they were farming that. And we went on a chase and there's times like, uh, you know, you've run the whole map, right? You've run from like all the way down. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, like all the way down fell from like the Northern tip to the Southern. And then you went through like the Dell cave and ran all the way through T2A and out the other side. I mean, I'm talking like this was, <laughs> a, this was a every other day occurrence. And I'm, I'm sure I'm outlands with like the, the lands being different, the moon gates in different places, there's similar things. Um, but in my opinion, that's where all your best stories are. Like you never know what you're going to find. Right. That's number one. And then you never know what's going to happen after that, like encounter sparks up or like what, uh, like what, what factor the environment's going to play. You know, you don't know if like you're, you're, you're missing a little bit of stam and then like that stupid, like slime or rat blocks you. And that's right. what causes your death. Like I I've seen people just like, I'm sure throw their like computers out the window when, when, you know what I mean? <laughs> when they thought they were going to get away. And like that one dire wolf in, uh, when they were doing barracoon, like stopped them. And it's just like, you know, dude, you know exactly what that person feels like. Oh you yeah. See, little o's start coming through and you're just like oh man like that guy fucking it, that guy's probably gonna like go and wreck his car right now because it's like that's a bad day so it's funny uh earlier today i was playing and this was a uh perhaps a, a victim of my loot goblin tendencies but um i i must have been i must have pk'd someone earlier or whatever and you know i have potions on me whatever so on on, on outlands they're like lethal poisons, like ridiculous. Like it ticks as hard as I've ever seen on a server. So you really have to, you know, cure yourself fast. And I'm fighting, uh, it's me and my my buddy, and we're fighting these other two guys. And this guy comes and poisons me, and I'm just spamming my cure. And I see the cure hitting, and it's not curing. And I'm like, okay, okay. And then I'm like, what, what the f's going? And I look at my little right before I died. I look down on the bottom left of my messages, and it's like your ailment's not strong enough to cure. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I almost broke my keyboard in half. I said, what? And then I realized I looted. Yeah, I looted like normal cures off some poor, you know, bastard I killed. <laughs> yep, exactly. That's, dude, that's like, that's how, how many times does that happen? Like if you've ever been in like a, a barracoon fight and, uh, you know what I mean? Like the silver serpents come out level four and then you've been fighting the whole time and you loot some some idiot who's got, lesser cures or whatever on them i think like some people do that as like a troll factor right like yeah prolonged fights like give guys that are like bringing meals i've seen like the grimiest shit in this game man people like um make characters or like different personas to invade other (laughs) guilds and like get the intel people got spy cam 
You know what I mean? The whole nine yards. I mean, I'm not too proud of this, this thing that I did and I'm actually cool with the guy today, but like back in my ABC days, man, I built this, uh, there was this guy, uh, his name was Tu Tarkin. And okay. he, was dude, he was this dude from like, like Turkey. I told you about the Chilinos guys. This dude was <laughs> from Turkey. And so he was actually like a pretty decent player. Um, like he never beat me, even though he got close a couple of times. And the reason he did is because he had all this time. This guy like was one of those dudes that played like more than I did. Okay. Let's yeah. just say that. Sure. And, and, and so he, he spent all this time like farming this like pretty good gear. And, uh, and I, I was like, I wanted to get items from this guy. And I, and, and so I made a character, um, that was like named like hamster. It was like stupid ass characters, like named hamster dance in all caps. And, and I developed this character on the side. Remember, this is a, this is like a, a no skill cap shard. So you right. can't like just train up a seven X character in a week or a month. Like it, it took like a year to train this character to like be believable. Cause it was like, uh, you could look up the stats too. Right. right. So if somebody was like, you would know it's an alt right away. So like I, I had to really take the time and train all this, all the characters and like <laughs> copy paste from Google translate. Cause this guy didn't speak English. He spoke, uh, what it, like Turkish or whatever it was. Yeah. And, like, right this guy's friend for like a year right until he like trusted me enough to like hand over all his shit and like <laughs> disclaimer dude i'm like 13 14 years old okay like i i obviously that's kind of like fucked up to do to somebody but yeah this guy like traded yeah. me all his shit, like let me hold quote unquote all his shit um and then like right as he was doing it like right as he was accepting the trade somebody came up and was like that's handsome and then and then like i felt so bad even even then uh. i knew it was wrong right? this guy was like like in his broken English, like, no, he, my friend, you know what I mean? Oh, and then, man. Like, and I, like, oh shit. So I just like peaced out. I, I think I ended up giving him back like <laughs> dumb stuff, but of course I kept his like best shit. And then, and then like <laughs> even today, no, no, even today, like on, on discord, I've talked to him a couple of times and like, we're cool that obviously right. like anybody's like, even though that was fucked up, like nobody's going to hold, I think like a six year grudge unless you're like super crazy. No, no. And hey, I need to step away AFK real quick, so I'm gonna pause it. I'll be right back. Hang on. Cool. Okay, so we kind of went into like you know almost a mini scam yeah. <laughs> troll uh, scenario, which I mean, you 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 know you kind of go into really the human side of this, and I think from day one people have scammed in UO, and I think until. I don't even know if it's possible to turn off the lights on every UO server, but till the end of time, people are going to be scamming. And I almost view this as a, like a a real world simulator. Like people act out like either what they want to be or, you know, does that make sense? hundred percent. And actually I think, again, this is why like a lot of PKs probably don't want to come on or even people are going to think that it's weird when they hear this because you think of a guy probably like me that, that killed all these people like in this game and did this like grimy shit and fucked with all these other people. And like, they expect that person, I think to probably be, I don't know, a little fucked up and, and, you know, maybe, maybe I'm, I am, I'm not saying I'm perfect or whatever, but a lot of people don't, I don't think want to confront that, but for sure, that's a big part of it because like, in, in my normal life, you know, um, I consider I'm like a rule follower, man. I'm not like a criminal. Right. Um, I, I take what I do uh, for work pretty seriously. And, and I, I put a lot of time and effort into that. And I try to like, um, you know, help help people and help animals and uh, do things where I can. But in this game, I was like, dude, I was that guy that would like kill you and then like loot your shit, even if I didn't need it, like cut up your leather armor and put it back on your corpse. You know what I mean? Right. Like, 
cut your robes up, shit like that. And <laughs> yeah, and I there probably is like some correlation there to that, right? Like maybe like uh, folks that I don't know if all everybody does that because I definitely like like Glut, you and Glut were saying. There's definitely like some some drug drug addicts and like weird ass oh, people. Oh man, that yeah, but yeah. Like the, I think unfortunately with, with and you know, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The UO tweaker community is, uh, <laughs> is rampant. You know? well. yeah, sure, I mean, dude. you still yeah. got guys 20 years later who are, you know, meth heads that are playing you. Like, it's just, it is crazy. That was know. my first exposure to that back when I was on uh, ABC, actually. Again, I'm like a teenage kid and I had like one of those UO tweakers in my guild. This guy would like, he openly talked about it. He's like, yeah, I do like these crack rocks and I stay up like <laughs> 56 hours and I farm out this dungeon. And, and it's like, it was crazy. And after a while, like you could see his deterioration because right. back then everybody like posted on the forums and stuff. And at first, like the guy made some semblance of sense. And then after a while, like it was, you know, it was like jargon nonsense. And you're just like, man, this, this poor guy is like, mind is gone. So, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah so, um, speaking of trolling so yeah that was that was me and two tarkin's bit and of course <laughs> but yeah there was a on that same server there was these two they, they were guys <laughs> people didn't know that at the time but they thought they were girls like they got this one dude got trolled so like actually he was i i think the best player on the server before i i got like to be the top guy and uh and so he had like a, you know all like the the best gear, like the name to bless shit, all this stuff. And like, yeah. he never trusted anybody in this and that dude, this guy. So again, like somebody put into it, the, like way more effort into this con over a, a few years or whatever, but there was like <laughs> these quote unquote girls. Okay. They were named Stephanie and Mandy in game, like red flag, you know, but yeah. I, I guess I wasn't paying attention, but yeah. So like two years, they, they basically conned this guy, like got his confidence and stuff. He ended up, <laughs> marrying like one of the girls in the game oh and then my like gosh. and then like they had like she had like or this dude had like made a fake myspace like they had <laughs> he thought he thought he was engaged so of course this guy's like a nerd or whatever living in his mom's yeah. basement oh yeah he he was like engaged to this girl oh right my gosh. He married in real life and she's like sending so he's obviously like scraping pictures of like some young girl and sending them to this guy. And he's thinking like, okay, like we're going to meet up. We're going to get married. And she would always make an excuse, right? Like, Oh, I've got to go um, here or I've got to go there. Blah, Flat blah, blah. tire, whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we're like, we're for like three months, man. And then, like, it's all this guy's shit. And, and like, you could tell like the day it happened, he was like, he put it on like a razor macro or whatever. So he just put his, parked his character in the middle of Brit bank and then like put it on a macro where it was like telling his story like over and over. And he had like dates and like words that were said, like you could tell it just like broke the poor guy's heart. Wow. So he leaves, yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. So he leaves, he leaves his character logged in for like 24 hours with that story and his character's naked, you know, on his, on his <laughs> and, and yeah, it's so like everybody sees it. And then like, Never saw that guy again. That was the end of wow. that. Wow. Like, yeah, like, I, I yeah. you know, I've heard, you know, uh, stories like that. And, you know, I, I've done my fair share of scamming and stuff like that. And this is back in, like, I'm talking OSI days where I was an absolute, I think everyone was a punk-ass kid back then. But, right. you know, I don't know if I can, t if I could take it 
to that level for that long. Like I almost feel, and, and I'm just speaking for myself, but you almost enter like a sociopath, <laughs> like kind of category. Totally. And, and even like when I was doing my thing and granted, like I didn't pretend to be a girl or whatever. I <laughs> pretended to be Turkish and be this guy's friend or whatever. Yeah. But even then, like, yeah, I totally felt like that. And that's, I guess it, it helped me morally, like learn right from wrong. Cause I knew the whole time I'm doing, it, I'm like, this is like fucked up. Like I'm, yeah. I'm, Google Translate to act like I can speak Turkish and then having a take what this guy says in Turkish and like retranslate, you know what I mean? To have this communication. <laughs> yeah. And, and so like, even that, I, I never did that again after that, after that experience. Like, I felt kind of bad doing it, but man, that fucking, I'm telling you, man, that Stephanie <laughs> thing was crazy, dude. And I, I, I killed that guy. I took like guard wax to kill that, that dude. I took, I, I like found out wherever that dude was. So I was like, man, that's the most fucked up thing I've seen is like, <laughs> like for sure. Like maybe that like poor nerd, like I, I, who knows what happened to him, right? He never played the game again, I'm sure. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I think it would be interesting and I've kind of gotten some of my feelers out there about like, Hey, has anyone like really scammed someone? Um, you know, pre- like when I like, cause I talked to like Savage Bunny, right. And she did, you know, this like scamming but it was more like on a like surface level i'm gonna marry you i take all your stuff whatever like i was the old I, classic <laughs> yeah like right like that's not you know that's not anything new that that's a classic you know thing but i was like i know there's stories of like people using a bug to scam someone or they're overweight or like they oh, stealthed yeah. into someone's house you know yeah, i mean I got, a, I got a story about that so um this this actually happened there's a guy he played OSI and he came over to, uh, he, he played a couple of these other shards too. I don't know if he still plays. Um, his uh. name was Mordo on, on OSI. He came to ABC and he was a good player at the time. And so, and he, he was like the min maxer, like knew, knew everything and like ramped up real quick. And uh, we had put, we had this PVP event um, and I had seen like this guy he had on his Razor Scavenger. He there's like a few items he had. He yeah. was actually, I hadn't thought of to do at the time. Again, this is like, 10 years ago or whatever, you know, just like <laughs> things that are commonplace now, but you wouldn't have thought of then, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Had like, it like bank deeds and a few other things, you know, so that he could pick up uh, like checks or power scolds if they hit the ground. And so like, I knew this about him and we had like this big event coming up, like a, like the end of like, let's say a three month, like PVP event, like where everything was on the line. And then uh, the reward was huge. Um, the, uh, like the stakes between him and I were huge. Like we had like a GM hold like a few mil worth of gold or what, like rare valuable items. Right. Yeah. And so, so it comes the time, the time comes for this event and like right at the start, the wall drops. I dropped this crate on the ground that has <laughs> 125 fucking bank checks that I know are on this dude's scavengers. So I'm just sitting there. He walks up, you know, for like the first hit or whatever right? Uh, to, to interrupt the initial cast. I bust that thing open and his like whole computer just fucking dies. <laughs> like explodes. And I'm like, I, I murked this dude. And and I got I got all this shit, right? Like I got you know, quote unquote clout at the time, the ranking, the items, the fucking GM health check. Like I got it all, dude. And this guy, this guy, man, I, I to this day, you know, like we're we're cool now, but he still brings that shit up. He's like, he's like, dude, never forget that fucking day that you dropped that shit and, and chopped that box in front of me. You know? and that, like, that's some of the things I think like the, the better PKs in this game do is just like you're talking about these guys that you have a hard time killing or whatever. They yeah. sort of think outside the box uh, and on different, on different methods 
to stay oh, alive. It's, it's a total, like I said, it's another mindset. And like, you know, just your story. I mean, while it's hilarious, I almost feel bad for the server, like for shard owners. I mean, because, <laughs> I mean, you got PVPers, yeah. which are going to use every, like yeah. I know I do. I'll use every cheap trick, every advantage I can get. And then you have people scamming doing the same thing. You have PVMers who are testing these systems like it's never been done before, you know. Yeah. I mean. And, and that's the thing. And you're totally right. I, I've actually administrated a few, like a, a shard or two. And then I've done dev work for a, a lot of different shards. And, I, man, I, I really do. Like these guys that, that do these um, shard administrators, like my hat off to them because they deal with like, they deal with it all, man. They deal with like the shittiest players, like people doing fucked up things, um, people treating them like shit. I mean, the number one thing that sucks about being a developer in general is you got players that like they'll no matter what, like people are gonna be like, You're fucking lazy, your game <laughs> sucks, you're this, yeah. you're that. Like, and UO is the worst, right? There's like no community that's more toxic than UO. Oh but, yeah. Like, to complain. I can't imagine what fucking Owen's dm box looks like on his discord when he wakes up it just looks like the fucking national debt counter just <laughs> all this bullshit like people everybody telling him from like some shit he doesn't care about like some scam or people telling him fuck you like i i yeah i mean i i couldn't do it today i'll tell you that much like, no it's man I, i'll tell you and it, i can't only imagine because outlands has turned into this i call it the 500 pound gorilla that's just steaming through that no one can catch you know and it's just it's so and you and, and again in retrospect looking at this from the thousand foot view you know let's say they have two thousand players it doesn't seem like on the surface for other gamers you're like well, that, that's like a dead game man but yeah. in uo it is busting at the freaking seams so like it, i almost view it like i mean everything is magnified you know oh this like and if they make one change, like oh well, taming's broken. Yeah, it's a, yeah, that's it. It's over. <laughs> it's like yeah. wow. <laughs> There's a few factors there. Like number one, like you were saying, um, they're running out of like real estate space. Like number one, yes. And then there's action everywhere, but there's nowhere for people to go and expand. So like that's problem number one. And then like uh, number two, you're reliant on those two thousand players, right? So like while you can take a hit of like. And Owen said he doesn't give a fuck. Like if one person leaves and he takes his group, like that's fine. But there are a finite amount of UO players in this world. You know, right. 2000 like, is probably close to it. Like if you think about um, uh, market share, like how many UO players are out there total? Would you, do you, yeah. would you, you estimate, you know, like right off, off the top of your head? Like I would, I would say for free shards, maybe, and gosh, I mean, maybe worldwide there's more. I would say maybe, in the 5,000 range is what I would say. And that yeah, may so, be overestimate. I don't know. I, yeah, I think that's a pretty fair estimate, right? But I, I would include OSI in there because I think like Atlantic probably only has like what, like five to 700 players running around it, right? Or is that is that fair to say? I don't I don't know. You know OSI is such a, I almost call it a black hole. You, you really have no idea. I mean, they, they could have, you know, five to 10,000 for all the hell we know. I don't know. How many, how often do people play though, right? Who knows? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, subscribers and active players, of course, are going to be a different thing, but I definitely am, sh am certain they don't have five or 10,000 people playing. No. Because so like, like you can still go on like uh, the OSI Atlantic 
discord or forums and kind of get a feel for how many people are, are playing there and, and, and talk to people. There are people that have active accounts and stuff. So, um, I, maybe a yeah. thousand to 2000 probably sure. is yeah reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's fair. Okay. So, so I think like five to 7,000 is a, is a reasonable estimate, but anyway, so like that's their ceiling on, on outlands is, is like, that's the total amount of players they can capture unless, and I guess it is, has the potential to become, a game that is so far removed from what Ultima Online is, and with with the way that they're bringing this client to people, that they can just sort of one click play. You know, there, maybe there's some possibility there, but you're always going to have the people, and it's unfortunate that it's like a don't want to play a, a 20 year old wizard game that's cracked that like everybody right. knows how to play. Uh, B that has 2D graphics like that that's going to throw people off right away too. So there's just like there's just annoying things. You know, that's unfortunate. I mean, I, I'll I'll counter you on that comment because like you know my son right i mean he's got fully specked out gaming rig and one of the things he loves playing is roblox <laughs> that yeah, true. is like minecraft minecraft super successful too that's a good point right you know and but but uh, you know i will also say with a, a huge but you know uo the learning curve is much more extreme you know however I feel the uh, the benefit you get in the end is way beyond what these other games can offer. But yeah, let's be honest. You know, free UO is not going to really grow past a certain. There's there like you said, there's a finite number that is just going to hit, and that's it. Now, I, I will say it's super interesting that we've all now gotten a little bit older, and you know, not only just Outlands. I mean, all these free shards have this issue. It's addressing the same like like if you listen when i talk to garriott or you know star long dude it's just they're facing the same issues <laughs> with even just let's say two thousand people instead of two million right right it's the same crap over yep. and over again which which is so interesting to me but sort of to circle back to what we were talking about with like the two thousand player base and everything being under a microscope so like even though you know i guess owen cannon has taken that hit when people say like i'm gonna leave and take my friends yeah that can only happen so many times or, you know, they can only make a change to that. So many people hate before it, it like it has the potential to kill the shard. Whereas like, yeah, uh, Blizzard has done it for years with their games. They make changes that everybody hates or even uh, Ultima in the early days made AOS and everybody hated it and quit. But like they could afford to take that hit because you've got yeah, millions, right? Million, <laughs> right? But, but like with 2000 and I, I guess that, that there's a benefit to that too, right? Like like Owen said, he he's a little bit more in tune with the player base and um, gets to listen to their feedback and stuff. But it's kind of hard, and I'll tell you this from firsthand experience as a dev, uh, it can be hard to sift through like legit useful feedback, um, stuff people are giving you to benefit their play style and their friends, yeah. and then like straight fucking like trolling nonsense. You know, some people are clever and they'll dress it up or you know whatever. Well, dude, it's it's this simple thing like, oh, um, you know, swords is broken. Okay, what do you mean? Well, there's not enough damage. Well, like when? What do, what do you mean specifically? Like when you drill down to some of the peanut gallery complaints, it usually fizzles out. Sometimes, like there's no I, specific I, thing. So I would argue, I would argue that when it comes to UO players, they have like specific answers like i think you get through the people that are just blowing smoke real quick <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, usually I feel like with UO players, like they'll tell you, they'll be like, oh, well, if I can, it's supposed to take zero point every zero six seconds and it needs to be 24 days. And they'll like, they'll make up some like tra- crazy intricate stuff. <laughs> there was a guy I played on a shard who like forged like a UO Stratix clone and was like, he seriously, this guy like pulled the data from there. And then he was like explaining to the shard owner the way that something was supposed to work. And I was doing the development work for it. And he yeah. was like, like this was the osi resource at the time like you can see here it's all historical and stuff and like the only way that that the only way that that got caught was uh the 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 server that that was being hosted on um so this guy had the domain registered for like three years or something like that but the server that that was that guy was hosting on wasn't around for the amount of time that he was claiming you know what i mean that that would have been the case like that 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 thing would have been live like that host yeah so that was wow. like that's how that's the depth that some players are willing to go to like get that competitive advantage. Oh, dude! I mean, not only, not only that. I mean, I've seen. I mean, uh, specifically in Outlands, dude, spreadsheets. You know, yeah. damage calculators. This. It's like, whoa. Yeah. yeah, min max, which is surprising in like UOR, right? But I guess. I guess with Outlands, you got more custom content and weird shit there. I, I, I've i looked at it and seen some weird stuff with like the hamstrings and there's like a few other, right, goofy things that aren't. Yes. So it's well, and I'll, and I'll, and I, you know, gosh, I really hate to, you know, just be on Outlands this whole time, but I mean, it's relevant, but you know, people are playing, right? Like, so it's, yeah, like to me, I think the time to live on Outlands is very high. Hmm. Because, like, there's no stun. Like, you you outright, you cannot paralyze, well, you can cast paralyze, but everyone has a pop-out, it's irrelevant. Like, you, a spear doesn't stop people, and you can't stun punch. So there's literally no way to physically stop someone from moving. You can hamstring for a couple seconds where they kind of do a little walk, but I'm just telling you, I think it's it's harder like a paralyzed field like those that does not work either fields Th- that does work the paralyzed field yeah i mean you would just you know pop a pouch i guess and move through it but it's no, no, I, mean, like, I mean like like so like uh, a common strat is to have somebody like east west uh north south oh uh, yeah double double e field somebody i i think that we're, i haven't seen anyone do it in the field i mean there's and again this is my opinion there's only I would say a very small percentage of people that even know what you're talking about mm-hmm. and that even know how to pull it off successfully. I, I would be convinced. Gotcha. Yeah. You're making me feel like I should play if, if nobody knows how that works. Cause that's like, I've, a- I've only seen it done like one time, like uh, on outlands, the wall of stones are huge for cutting sure. people off for cutting. And a lot of, and I'm, and I'll just, I'll be honest. I am, I'm not good with casting wall of stone around a core. Like I think I'm a victim of <laughs> how I've played for 20 years. Right. Like I just, I've never done that. Like that's yeah. just something I've never, you know, thought of. I've never done. And um, you can tell some of the more experienced players, man, when they pull it off, you're like, damn, like, yeah, that, yeah. that was good. Um, so there are, there are two types of players when it comes to that. I, I think exactly like you said, cause like if you're stuck in your ways, on a certain play style, then it like you you have to adapt. You have to watch what these other players are doing, and then yeah. like figure out how to do that. I think most players, obviously, I know you know some 
talented uh, PVPers, PKers, like they'll, they'll show you if you have the time, but that's the thing. I'm sure for the most part, like when you get on, you want to like PVP, PK, like have fun and you don't have like the time to do yeah. your work, your family and your job and your podcast. And then like also take fucking PVP lessons in the game, right? Like it's not that serious. Yeah. But, but like one thing that benefited me playing all these different variations of the game um, was I had to learn all these things. And I, I do attribute a lot of that to like no skill cap and because a lot of people like like really good PKers that you talk to have never made like a bard or have never made, you know, <laughs> right. straight up never had anything but like a, a stun alchemage period, you know? So um, I, you always ask folks like, do they PVM, do they PK, do they craft? Like when you play a shard like that, you have to do it all because like that's what your character is. Right. No. And, and I think Outlands has, you know, definitely forced me to think a little bit more outside the box because I've never played the insta-hit era ever. Mm. So like that's, and that's still very foreign to me for some of the mechanics. And I still do very much so struggle with like yeah, switching out. Yeah. Question. Outlands has insta-hit or they don't? They do. And okay. I've never, like, for instance, you know, where you hit with your halberd in your head, you're having like a four to five second timer, right, in between spells, and then you know, okay, I need to re-equip because I'm due for another swing, you know? Like, those little tiny things, like, for me, I, I like, never grew up with it. So, it, and, and of course, you know, I'm older, I'm, I'm a bit more stuck in my ways, I tend to avoid some of those templates because I already know it's going to be a higher right. skill gap for me. Right. You well, know, here's a tip. You have two, you have two options with that. Number one is like, uh, whoever beats you talk a lot of shit to them until they like, until they commit mistakes. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, go them into like, go them into a one V one fight, talk shit about them, their mom, whoever you can. And then, and then like get in their head. But no, I'm joking. Uh, number two, <laughs> Do I like what I would do today to solve that problem? Um, I'm I'm okay with insta hit, but it's it's not my favorite thing in the world either. Um, is like I would make a steam macro to read that system that system outline for when the the halberd hits because you get a system message and then set a timer to re-equip the halberd right automatically and you can just oh uh, yeah so yeah and I know that kind of dumbs down the game and a lot of people are against that but that's the game you play like i guarantee people that you're playing against are doing that or running that and like so that's the way i solve problems today so like as a kid like i did that trash talk like get in your head um you know try to to get you to be off your game and then i, I think as an adult i look at everything like a like a problem and the most efficient way to solve it right and and like you know even with just the the razor you know, client, I, I remember I was talking to one of these, you know, the, the better PVPers I know, and he told me like how to, it was, I viewed it as something advanced I've never done before, but it was like to, um, to insert, like to exec your last target. And I couldn't figure out like, I right clicked in there and then he showed me like, go like right click it, go to your hotkeys. And then you have to like click it as you're recording or something. And I just, I, I've never done it before. I didn't know it. And I'm like, dude, that's like, uh, that's something that he takes for granted. Right. Cause right. he knows it, but I'm like, dude, the average person, they don't like, we don't know that. You know? <laughs> you know? yeah, I mean, in, in and I mean, I've learned 
all kinds of shit over the years. But like, just like you said, when you saw these guys cast Wall of Stone a certain way, or this guy was doing the exec last target thing, like that's the number one thing I try to do when I when I play a game like that is like first of all I, I try to find out who who the best players are and then learn from them, and then like if I see something that somebody does, like usually people will share. Some people are dicks and want to keep all their secrets to them secrets to themselves. Yeah, and this and that and and blah blah blah. But like usually usually a, a group of players tend to like that doesn't work because if you play with a good group like people want to be able to do what you're doing and like it also makes the group more effective so usually yeah. like if you with a group like that or you know people you're gonna like figure it out or just like you said have that guy show you right no yeah and i mean it's just and that's why you know some of the min max stuff it's just there's there is another level to it you know and yeah. i think I'm I'm okay. Like I, I I know that logically, and I'm okay with that. Like I'm not gonna be the best five times, you know, PvP or, or the most ruthless PK. I just and I and I'm perfectly okay with that because I'm still having fun because it's a game, and I don't want to view it as like a job. You know what I'm saying? Where I'm like, yeah. you know, yeah, and it could be a job real quick. Like you're talking about with like the spreadsheets and um, <laughs> yeah, Darkfall was like that. So they were like. There were spreadsheets for almost like every part of the game. And it was like, dude, it was like, I think if you like played Darkfall for a year, you could probably come out and be like a fucking accountant because it was, like, <laughs> it was that intense. And like, for sure, I, I think personally, I've always, I've never been that big of a fan of like min-maxing. Um, right. And that's why I think I'm, I'm kind of like on a break from UO because I like the fun aspect of it too and the randomness. And when you have a cracked game like UO and you know exactly like, what the best things are. And if you're going to like fight somebody that is going to have a, a timer in their head or like always know what like the right move is and stuff like that. Um, I, that's not really fun for me. So what I always like to do was, was fuck with those guys and until they stopped thinking about like all those numbers that they had in their heads. You know what I mean? So that was oh, my, yeah. my strategy. So instead of being like a, a person that knew the absolute most, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I knew, the, the most effective thing to do to win. But um, just like we're talking about here, it's a different level. And yeah. my role, my role personally, I viewed it as like my job to, to screw those guys up to the point where um, it didn't matter. Like they weren't referencing that anymore. They were just fucking pissed and wanted to win, you know? And then at that point, yeah. you have the advantage every time. Well, and, and to, you know, and this is going to sound, you know, probably funny, but I've had the most fun I've had in you in a while, but we, uh, it's been like me and three other guys and we roll on like stealth PKs and we'll stealth the whole freaking dungeon, you know, just to like pop out and kill someone. And I know just talking about it, like, well, it doesn't sound too exciting, but man. Too, I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's some of the, it's actually some of the funny, <laughs> the funniest shit you can do. It's hard to find a serious group that's down for that. Yeah. But, uh, I actually played with this group on on hybrid. I can't remember if it was hybrid or, or but we did the same thing. So it was like uh, sort of like the orcs do, but but without the RP aspect, you're just like a small right. group. You're just stealthing into a place with like like let's say heavy crossbows or something, and then like right as the dude gets that kill, like we would always camp like the monsters that were super hard to kill, and then like right as they come out of that like intense battle, just they just get like that one hit, and then everybody restells. That's the funniest shit in the world, dude. I don't. Oh care. yeah. No, I, and like for me, I've never played a tamer ever in UO. Mm -hmm. I, I can't stand it, but I, I created a tamer. He's got like 75 taming and I have five trapdoor spiders that stealth with me. 
And oh, nice. so I have a macro, I'll set my last target. And once I press the macro, I'm all killing last target and I'm e-bolting last target. Like, I mean, it's immediate, right? And then I have like another guy who's a fencer. He's just war forking with poison. And then it's just, it's so satisfying to get a group together to stealth that far in without people getting, you know, antsy or, oh, oh, I'm just going to run out and kill. No, no, man, you have to stay tight in a group to pull it off. But man, when you do, golly, it is really satisfying. <laughs> that's, a, that's a big part of group fighting too. We I, I know you guys talked about callers in the past and stuff, but like discipline and, and people knowing the game, like it's it's kind of hard to to learn how to stay on screen for a dump, like when yeah. it's on you and you gotta have like faith in your team. But that's what separates the elite groups from like your standard groups that are okay. And then of course you've got the the EQMS like strat where it's just like we're going to fucking e-bowl rel- people with 30 guys. And there's ways like to, to counter that too. I, I know he thinks it's uh, impenetrable, but like um, using the terrain and stuff, obviously if you have, you know, that 15 tile range or whatever, and 30 guys stacked on one tile, there's not much you can do. Right. But, like there are some clever things that, that you can actually do that I've, that I've seen. One of the most clever things I've seen to get around that is like, uh, so everybody has alts for the most part. So like, let's say you have, you know, 30 guys holding that, eb or whatever yeah i've seen seen like people like a group of 10 15 people bring in tamer alts and then like gate them in release like 10 dragons you know what i mean and then (laughs) hop hop the other side with the pvpers and that disrupts them enough right because they're all holding evil and they're sitting on a tile they can't do anything else right so right so like that's just one strategy to disrupt that and of course there's like different situations and stuff but um i wouldn't say any strategy in uo is like 100% 100% effective except for tight team play and like having a bunch of guys. Yeah. I mean, even, you know, Glut said, he's like, dude, he's like, if the Blues ever banded together, we were toast. Like, he just says it, that he likes to fucking kill him and he wants more people to kill him. Of course. <laughs> yeah. If the Blues banded together, he would, he would recruit more people, man. That, I, <laughs> I, so I, I actually never played in EQMS on, uh, on UO Forever. They were kind of after my time um, that they started coming back around or, or doing whatever they were doing. Yeah. But, uh, I played uh, Albion when I, when I first started, everybody reached out cause they were like trying to get all the UO players together. And I played with them then. And man, that was like, that, that was actually a fun time. That game. I, I mean, I don't want to like shit on anybody's experience. It's not, I didn't really like it that much, but man, like just having that guy around in a, in a discord or like a voice chat with like, I don't know, like 500 people going into a battle. Yeah. Dude, like, I, I swear to God, I wish I would have wrote down some of the stuff that he said, because that guy would say the craziest shit. And like, <laughs> you, can't, you can't fire people up um, in a video game for the most part. You can't be like, okay, guys, like we're going to go in. And you know what I mean? Like nobody, everybody be like, fuck you at some, at some point, right? Like maybe yeah. you could do it with five people or 10 people or whatever, but like to command 500 people simultaneously, like that guy does it's like, it's a, I would say it's a gift, man. I don't know where else he could apply that except, you know, computer games or whatever. But th- that guy has said some of the funniest shit I've ever heard in my life. For well, sure. just, just literally being in his, you know, discord, just looking at the, <laughs> the channel names and the, <laughs> it's yeah. just, it's yeah. so outrageous, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that guy just like, doesn't give a fuck he'll say whatever he has to say you know um i, I guess to motivate people and it works man I, i'll tell you what like it motivated me i, I was just like i 
I didn't play that game long enough to establish like what would be good or not, but we were in some super large fights. Uh, like I said, outside of that initial city that we had in Baltimore. Yeah. And it was like some of the calls, man. Holy fuck. were so funny. I, I just, I, <laughs> I, wish I, could, I wish I could say them or repeat them, but like I probably fucking get fired from my job if I repeated what that guy said. Oh yeah. No, I know it. It's uh that, that interview, I think, alone I did it was I mean I was laughing how it was just it was so crazy some of the stuff I, I wasn't ready for it it was really yeah. funny can't be um, surprised that guy down. He's, a, he's a hard guy to get a hold of yeah well like I told you before man the scheduling for for most people it's it's very difficult to get you know someone to sit down and just talk sometimes it's hard um sure so okay so I'm gonna sort of see if I miss anything okay so in your opinion if uh, if UO brought back, you know, which I don't think they are, but if they brought back like pre-tram and OSI, would you play it? Yeah, no, I, again, like, um, I, I think, um, there's more potential in, uh, in, in AOS and like what Outlands is doing with like, so like the main repeatable fun for AOS for me is you're like always farming for that next item for that next stat, you know, yeah. and you have like term character progression whereas in in like the t2a uor era i mean the initial grind is fun when everybody's got low skills and like you're all trying to compete for the same resources but once everybody kind of gets set up with that castle or that 18 by 18 and you get your regs and you get your kegs and your gm armor and your what like that's it like that you have i mean you have really nothing else to compete for at that point especially on like a, a t2a uor era server in my opinion right. so yeah, the answer to that I think is a resounding no. Yeah, no, that's fair. Okay, and in in your opinion, you know, given your obviously technical background, if you know we're gonna play the the Richie Rich scenario, if someone gives you the blank check, right? What are you doing to help? You know, because I'm not gonna say help like your private server or whatever. Right? Just help. How do you help UO at large? Like, what what would you be your idea? Yeah. So. I'm not going to sit here and, and say I'm, I'm this or I'm that, but like I, I would consider myself in a position to have the money to do anything I wanted in the, in, in terms of UO or UO progression. Um, yeah. Like I said, my plan to address that initially um, was to make it more accessible with the web client. I've thought about like picking that back up and hiring a developer, but then I'm in direct competition with, with outlands who is already yeah. sort of doing a single client thing. Um, I would be interested maybe if, uh, if, if Owen and that company wanted to do something uh, or interested in that, like working with talented folks like Forspire and a couple other people, even maybe like I hesitate. Yeah, probably no money, probably just as like a, a hobby thing. You know, I don't need the cash really. And I think it would be a fun project and a way to, to bring people together. So I think if a group of developers were interested in really committing to to a project like that i i think that's the best way to help you if you could use yeah. these libraries like uh like 3js and a few other things and, and render the client and everything in a web browser and say and get people like that make these I'm, i don't know if you watch like runescape videos ever but those like those still have like people that make a living off off a full-time living off runescape videos because of the player base right it's, right just like you said it's all about the player base. So I think that I, I really feel like the web client might be a, a way to make it more accessible because then uh, no matter what system or operating system you're on, like you can just type it in and go and you can play it from anywhere and your character syncs. So 
I, I, I don't know. I guess to answer that question, I, I think that I've been most interested in that web client version of, of, of UO, but um, in terms yeah. of a, in terms of a server, um, again, this is com- from a complete place of ignorance, but I think Outlands is, and I know we've been like on Outland, the ride in the Outlands dick this whole podcast. <laughs> yeah. But, but I, I think like the numbers probably speak for themselves. And I, I just think that, you know, UO is like, is like poker. It's a, it's a cracked game. And unless you're coming up with completely different content and mechanics, it's like, you're going to get the same result every time where you've got those those guys that those elite groups of players that come, they're going to dominate the shard. They're going to cause people to quit. Like that's what it is. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think um, most people don't understand that aspect because 90% of people are not the max players. They're not, right. you know, exactly. and so they just, they don't, they don't get it. Um, so, okay. The, 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 fi- the final question, because I'm kind of curious your response you know, how, how would you handle, and, and let's, you know, perhaps get off the Outlands train and just have this in, in general, you know, how would you handle the red versus blue, you know, situation? Because this is, a, I think, a 25-year-old 20, problem, right? <laughs> how do you balance that? What, what would you do? Yeah, that's, so, this is going to sound super nerdy, but like, it's something I think about all the time. Because uh, I think anybody that that plays a game like UO always thinks about what can be done to make it better, or if they were to make their own game, right? Like how it could be better. So I don't know about all like the the restrictions on Outlands and stuff, but it's a really hard thing. You know, Ultima was one of the first games that it was that was that kind of sandbox to where everybody starts as an innocent player, but you know, as you commit these like. I really like the criminal timer where you commit a criminal act, you get a criminal timer and then you become innocent again. That's, I think that's right. a great mechanic. Um, and then, you know, short and long-term death counts, but it's a, it's a complicated question. And I, and I, I don't, I, it feels like an impossible question. Um, yeah. I, I don't know because the thing about it is, is like when UO first came out, um, people didn't know really how to min max. Uh, UO was new. Yeah. People were trying new and interesting things. Um, and they were a lot less grouped and coordinated, right? Because you had like things like dial up and DSL and, and shit like that, where people were lagging and stuff. So yeah. uh, even if they had voice chat, which I think a lot of people didn't at the time, and especially because of the amount of players, like, uh, uh it was a lot less coordinated. So where now, no matter what restrictions you put on like the red blue problem, you're, you can't stop, you know, 10 guys getting together. 20 guys, 50, 50, however, X amount of guys getting together in right. a, in a discord server or whatever, grouping up and like, and, and coordinating. And that's always going to break the game. So yeah, I, I I'm not a hundred percent sure. I have a few ideas, um, but it's a, it's a hard problem. No, it, and it's, it's your answer is fine because I, I think the most, for, and I don't, I'm, hell, I don't even, I don't own no, a server or anything. I have no stake in the game, but you know, what, what I don't like is like just, you know, bitching and moaning without giving a solution, right? Like, okay, you don't like this mechanical, what would you, you know, do? And, and most of the people, and you probably know this, most of the people wouldn't have a response back, right? It's just more deflection or endless bitching and moaning when it's like, man, some of these problems, like, and, and I don't mean to go on and on about this, but like, 
conceptualizing two million people playing Yo, like it makes my head explode. I'm like, good lord, that that sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, a lot would have to change, I think. And you know the way they addressed it in later games, like, like you know the thing is, is, is like I know you've discussed this in the past, path to past too, but um, there was nothing else available at the time, pretty much, except for like yeah. I think Quest and some other things came out around the time of UO. But like the way they address this later, like it's like Glut says, like nobody wants to die and lose all their shit. People are always <laughs> going to be pissed when like you, you put in a lot of hours or something, and they address this later with, with things like battlegrounds or like arenas or stuff right so there's and, and like people don't have the time or, or attention spans anymore you know everything is like now 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 twitter 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 feed 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 so like nobody wants to like invest that time if you're going to put that sort of time into a game um and then die and lose all their shit like that's so you know people don't have response because they don't know and it's it's a it's a hard problem because you want that risk reward factor you want to go out there and fight and work for shit and have the potential to to not only like lose it all yourself, which, which gets your heart pumping, but also the chance to like kill somebody and take their shit, right? Like that right. big juicy, because it's never going to be as fun to fight an AI or a monster or whatever than it is to fight another player. You know what yes, I mean? Yes, for sure. hundred so, percent. Yeah. So, so it's a, it's a hard problem, man. But if you, if you figure it out, let me know. <laughs> hey man. Yeah. I will gladly write you a dissertation on <laughs> what the solution is, but, um, Okay, so what is and and this is kind of wrapping up here. What's in your future, man? Are you are you and you know? Did I hear you're making a UO comeback? Are you still on break? What what's what's the deal? Yeah, it, so for me, it's like it's a complete time equation. Um, you know, I I work a lot. Uh, yeah. More than I do I do anything else, I work. Um, and I I travel as a result of working. I mean, it's a there's a lot that goes into that. And then, you know, in my, in my spare time, like I have a family, I've got stuff to take care of. Right. So that's like the biggest thing for me is, is like, uh, we're all getting older and it's like, I try to use my time as effectively as possible. So I don't, I wouldn't say that, that like a UO comeback is impossible or in, in the future or whatever. But, um, I, I don't know, obviously like I would definitely be leaning towards outlands, um, at this time because it's yeah. new, new, but then again, like uh, who has that time investment? Like, I don't have the time to train these skills up and like learn the game and shit like that. <laughs> launch, uh, I don't know, like rocket league and play a five minute car soccer game, you know? So, right. so it's hard, hard, man. It, it really is. It's great to come on here and, and thanks for having me on to talk to you and, uh, and, and talk about UO, which, which I'd love to talk about. And that's easy because we already know all the information, right? But yeah, um, I'm invest the time into learning something new. From my perspective, there's a, a billion uh, tech stacks or technologies or other things out there that like are on my reading list that I need to be learning. So I kind of get my UO hit of uh, my UO crack hit from your, uh, <laughs> from your podcast and some of what other the other content creators are doing. So um, thanks again, man, for what you do. And, and thanks for having me on. Yeah, no, much appreciated. And uh, I, I sincerely hope, yeah, we definitely uh, do this again. So I appreciate it, man. Yeah, anytime, man. I, I love, happy to talk to you uh, again on the podcast or offline. Thanks, man.